Hey, the big dreamer, Ogasa, Ogama. Oh yeah, welcome to the second episode in the second season of the Big Dreamers podcast. I am your host, the Fisayo. This is a community where we share our big dreams and how we can overcome the others of life, thereby growing together. Our focus this season is on Nigeria. And I'll be discussing with my several guests on how we can continue to dream big and make an impact in spite of the several problems we face in Nigeria. Today, my guest Agogo will be sharing with me what you can do to help Nigeria grow, amongst many other things that we'll be discussing today. So sit tight, drive carefully, do not be too comfortable on that bed, just make sure you enjoy this podcast. Hi, Agogo. Hi, hi. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm great, Joe. I'm doing very well. So, I know you know why you're here today. We're going to be asking a few questions and discussing about a few topics, right? But before we go into that, let's know more about you. What do you do? And yeah. First and foremost, I'm a Nigerian. <laughs> Secondly, I'm from I'm from um, Delta States. Uh, uh, states. Uh, uh, I'm a risk manager now. So basically, uh, I studied engineering in school, but I found myself in risk management, and I'm really enjoying every single bit of the journey so far. Uh, it's something that uh, gets me excited whenever I think in terms of risk. So basically, that's it. Uh, uh, that's it. Why did you study engineering, by the way? Oh yeah, at the time I had flair for um, for um, calculations, analytics. You know, creating stuff, basically. So that's... okay. Uh, so I said that one thing that one thing I enjoy now is like um, financial engineering, basically. It's a mixture of my love for engineering, um, statistics, analytics, um, quantitative uh, applications, things like that. And then you're, yeah. using, you're bringing those things and you're, you're, you're using it um, in the finance sector, basically. So it's exciting. Now I'll see grandma. You know, unlike the other guests I've had in the past, like you're different in terms of what you do. Yours is really new. Yours is really different. And I hope people listening obviously have something to learn. Now, one of the major reasons I I thought you'd be a perfect guest on this episode is because this is your focus on Nigeria. And I know how much passion you have for Nigeria. And I know you're someone that basically is advocating for development of Nigeria that wants the best for Nigeria physically. And that inspires me really, looking at your journey and understanding what say well. Uh, the major problems you face so far as a Nigerian, and let's start with, with the problems you face first before we get into the next thing. Basically, the problems I face, you know, being being in a situation on its own, is like being born in Nigeria. The challenge of life it doesn't necessarily have to be. Um, things are set up in the country, you know. Everything is a challenge. So if we talk about challenges I faced, I talk about living my life for the past twenty-something years as a Nigerian. It's been challenging, you know, from you know writing work. Remember when I was writing work back in school? Uh, I think two thousand and eight. The teachers were on strike uh, because of their salary payment. We were, we were not even sure if we we're going to get to write the exams. If we we're going to, if the um, strike would have been called off before university resumed. 
You know, so that's just one of them. Um, then, then writing jam as well. I didn't. I I can't. Okay, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I'm so I'm getting this for the first time. Like in ter- in terms of strike affecting work. Okay. Yes. You know because you know the teachers are the ones that will invigilate now. Teachers will invigilate. Yeah. Teachers are the ones that are going to coordinate the exam. So mm-hmm. the, the teachers in Nigeria, secondary school teachers in Nigeria, were on strike because at the time I think it was. Um, they had they were complaining about their salaries or something or their welfare package. Well, I know that all so there was a strike generally that affected us. You know, they had to move, they actually had to move the um work exam. All right, okay, oh, oh, yeah, there was also another issue of um, of uh, exam questions leaking, so they had to now reset another, had to now reset some of the exams again. I think we had to do some some papers all over again because uh, it leaked. You know, there was wide leakage of exam. I was going to talk about jam. You know, when you write jam in Nigeria, I'm I'm scared and I'm bothered that up to to test um, the skill sets or the knowledge of the students that are about to go into university. I feel like jam is set because the Nigerian university system is um, not capable of taking it number of students that they should have every year. So jam is like a fence that they put, a very high fence, to just see the few people that can cross the fence. Those are the guys that will get the privilege of going to school. You know, and then um, it's all different ball game again. There's now the national system, the national quota system. So even after you pass jam, if you're going to apply to a school that's um, not from your uh, state of origin, they first of all have to first take um, certain percentage of people from their states, you know, things like that. So you might be very good. You might be a very good candidate, but you might not make it to school because of the quota system and all those things that they run in our university. So that's for jam. Then um, at the end of the day, when you're done with school, so the, the, uh, the business, the environment in, in Nigeria is difficult. Getting a job is hard. Um, trying to start a business, trying to start difficult as well and challenging. So those are the challenges I've seen and I've, I've, I've observed or I've faced over time, you know, uh, growing up. It's every day going to work is challenging because of traffic, bad roads, you know. There are a lot of challenges to encounter. Nigeria, I live in Nigeria is an adventure and every day brings with it its own speech. <laughs> an adventure, really. So what have you been able to overcome the, maybe a few of them or all of them? Uh, so basically, overcoming these things, I think first of all, is about your, you know, attitude towards the, the problem. Um, so whenever I see these things, you know, um, I've, I, I always hear and I believe it that whatever gets you angry is like is is what your purpose is or is strongly related to your purpose. So you know, for me, it these things just get me angry. Positive kind of anger expose me to want to surmount it and then do something about it so that people coming at the back to don't have to go through that um, stress. So I think it's that passion to, you know, to see myself in a better position to help people. That's been pushing me through. Okay. So now that you mentioned a few things that you think are the problems and so far, what you say has been helping you overcome these challenges uh, is your passion. What exactly gets you mad? Like, what exactly would you say you want to change? Okay, um, basically, everything about Nigeria for now gets me mad. So, 
it's, 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 it's difficult to say, but you know, everything about the country gets, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out something that works effectively. You know, something that's, that's getting your driver's license is a hassle, or getting your passport is a problem, or even getting your national identity card. You go and do your data capture, and then you wait for a, for a year. Yeah. But yeah, for you to get your card. So, it's, um, everything gets me mad. You know, when I get on the road to go to the office, and you get into a bad pump, because you have to leave your house by 4.30 or leave by 5 so that you can get to the office on time because of traffic and you don't want to be in traffic because they'll rob you. So it, that gets me mad. Or when you come back and then you have to start putting on the gym because Wait, there's no light. People are listening to this now. People that are listening to this are not Nigerians. They will now be very scared. Nigeria is not as bad. Like, Nigeria is not... I would like to say now. No, 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 what, you just, what I'm saying this is because you said being in traffic, they'll rob you. Like, I know it happens, let's just say, 10% or 20% of the time you're in traffic. I don't want to paint a picture to the people that are non-Nigerians. I know that we have, like, a lot of non-Nigerians listening to this podcast. Now getting scared of coming to Nigeria now, fam. That's not the idea. No, 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 no. See, let's see. Uh, at me, I'm of the opinion that I think you should call this. So, it's, it's the, the crime, obviously, yes. Same way there's crime in every other country. I've been yes. robbed in UK. I've been US. So, so crime is, is yes, I have. Crime is a social vice that is available everywhere. What I'm saying is we need to fix the root cause things that cause these things. Okay, so I've I've been robbed just once in Nigeria. So it's not as if and I go to work, I've been going to work almost every day for the past four or five years. So it's not as it's not bad, so to say, but these things exist. They are yeah. there. Climate is higher. Why? Because people are hungry. You have to fix the root cause. to admit the challenges or the or the truth, face the truth about things that are going on. Then it's difficult to say you really want to now start changing because then you'll be, you know, said the truth to their own self. Be truth. Be true. I get. So that's it. Is Nigeria still a very lovely place? Yes. I'm do, if whenever I get the comp, get the opportunity to talk to people about living in Nigeria, I'm trying to come out of Nigeria, I'm lasting on my mind. Because in as much as these things exist, Nigeria is still a very wonderful necessary um um will I say factors of economic growth. We have the human capacity, we have the natural resource, you know, things like that. Wow, wow. We have we're blessed with uh, landway, seaway. And airway, so we're close to the sea. Importation and exportation is very good for us. It's good for trade. And then we're not. Uh, we have. We have. Uh, we have good resources. We have agriculture. We have um, oil. You know things like that. Then to top it up, we have very good um, tourist uh, destinations as well. So Nigeria is a country that has already been. The, I, I think. I think God did when he created Nigeria because he puts. So many good things in this country. Uh-huh. You just forced to leverage your kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, I agree. I agree. And that's why I, most of the things I do in terms of tourism, development of OKC and all that jazz. So now, what do you do? What are you? What are your plans? Or what are you putting in place now to bring in solution based on the many problems that you've mentioned? You know, 
the idea of us here being talking right now is the fact that you are part of the solution, you're a big dream and all that. So I know one of the things you do, you um volunteer to help some children. So what are the other things you do that you want us to know and learn from? So so basically it's um I think it's in a little if they decide to um do something little by their own corner, you'll be shocked at the level of change and development that we'll have. Uh, as as little as it seems, advocating for the country, you know, talking to people when you get the chance to talk to them, letting them believe that Nigeria can be better, trying to talk yeah. to them not to lose not to lose hope in the country. Deal because people are a couple of people are discouraged. So you know, apart from um, which I believe is is a um, it might be slow, but it's the surest way to bring about change. That's the first of all, mindsets. You know, there are two things happen. Things happen first in mind. First happens physically. So if you really want to bring change, you have to first of all impact the minds of people. And that's what I try to do, you know, talking to young kids, making them see the bigger picture of what they can do, you know, how they can add value. Um, mm-hmm. Trying to make people become um, value creators, you know, rather than um, people that consume value. And then talking to adults as well, you know, I, I don't stop, I don't lose faith, you know, I don't stop talking to people and, you know, telling people that this is how things can be done, this is how to do it. And being an example myself, you know, no matter how it is, I won't drive one way. No matter how bad it is, how, you know, how traffic and just making it You know, being an example is something that is underrated. And will I say, like, a lot of people are hypocritical with so many things that they do. Like, it is something that people don't do the most. You, you want people to do that same thing. And yes, you don't. And it's usually not so easy because, number one, it takes discipline. And number two, it takes you being, like, determined with your word. I don't know how to put it. So I just wanted to point out that that's something that most Nigerians feel at. Like, I know a lot of people that even though they say don't do this, they still find themselves doing it. Is there a way to combat that, actually? Well, uh, I believe that um, we can have incentives. You know, if we have an incentive step to kind of like um, to persuade people in a subtle way to to, uh, to, uh, to change human behavior rather than having, I think we, in this part of the world, we are very punitive in terms of the way we do things. We want to punish people, we want to make people um, feel pain for breaking the law or for doing something wrong. We have like an incentive-based system to encourage people that actually behave well. You know, mm. so, because people want to gain. So when you encourage people there's a benefit for behaving well. The benefit is not just that you won't be punished, but that yeah. there will be something to gain. Uh, you get more people to, you know, do it. For, for example, one time I was I traveled and I was in um, I was in London, and then I noticed, you know, that on the roads on the highway there there's always this, this, a a symbol or a sign that says that the they're going to start measuring your speed from a certain point, and so everybody slows down when they are approaching that. Um, part of the road. So I asked my brother, you know, me being the Nigerian man, like, ah, why would this guy be warning you that they are fine when they can catch you for speeding? You know, that it doesn't make any sense because everybody will slow down. Nobody wants to get caught now. And his, mm-hmm. his, his response 
his response has stayed with me since forever. And he says that there, the white man is not just focused about catching people. Those the points of the road where they put those signs are dangerous parts of the road that people, there have been a lot of accidents. So they want you to actually slow down while negotiating that point. So they try to prevent you from screaming you that they are going to be measuring your speed along that area. So natural human instinct, you don't want to get caught, you will slow down. Right. So that way, That's... there's a bigger picture for them. The bigger picture is saving people's lives. They want people to die yeah. in an accident. It's not about catching people and finding them and all those things. So we need to put this kind of systems in place, you know, not just to be punitive, but just prevent certain things from happening. And that, that, that little step goes a long way. It shows that there's even value for life. Yes, it does. You know, that's a uh, human, human capital is the most important uh, uh, tool we need for development. So until we begin to value lives and property, there's much traction in terms of change and development. So would you say that the reason why we're not so developed is because these people are not in, enlightened or exposed? Because now you, this is you just right now being a citizen and observing what you um, experience from traveling. Because that's the same thing I try to do. Like I said, I, I recommend destinations, recommend developments, um, development plans for tourism based on all my exposure. And then you also have opened your mind to how things can get better in just traffic system alone, among so many other things. Why then do you think, <laughs> this is not a, a planned question, it's just bothering my mind, that why then is it that things have not changed when I know most of our leaders also have exposure? You know, this thing, uh, I traveled with, I traveled with my friend, uh, Chima, went to Abuja, uh, I think, was it 2014? I think it was 2014. Uh, or early 2015, and then when we landed in Abuja, Abuja was you know the place was fine and everything. And I was talking about oh, how nice Abuja was, all the cars. I noticed the cars the policemen use Corolla, you know, very nice cars. And we we're talking, and then he just said that sometimes he wonders that our leaders, our governors, they travel out all the time, they go to hospital mm-hmm. abroad. Now, yeah. that they don't see how good roads are, and they don't want to bring that thing back, back home, but just to the genuineness of the heart of the leaders, you know, is leadership is not because it's not you're not a leader because you occupy a leadership position. You're a leader because you genuinely want to, you know, be a light. You want to implement change, you want to effect change, and all those things. So it's not just because I won't say there's a problem because our leaders are enlightened. I don't even really believe that we have leaders to start with. We just have people occupying leadership positions. It's different from being a leader because if you're genuine in your heart. I don't see how you enjoy traveling out of the country to go and treat yourself, and then the hospitals in your own country are shutting down. Yeah. You're in an emergency, and then you don't have enough time to fly out. What then happens? What then happens to you if your child is in an accident, and then the hospital is not equipped enough to take care of such an issue? And it might not have been a big deal. You know, we've heard of people who have had accidents because of potholes. And these are little, little things that they could fix. So I don't think it goes beyond being enlightened. It's, I think the mentality is that, well, when they leave, they can go out and stay out and their families are not even in the country anyway. So they want to see enough money to sustain um, the lifestyle that they have for their family. So I think it goes beyond being enlightened. It's just about the hearts, the willingness to, you know, um, to, 
to do good and to fix roads. You know, um, in where in Festac, the previous, the previous, he, the one thing I know he was good at was infrastructure. You know, the roads were always good. You know, every time a small, um, there's a hole, he tries to fix it. In Festac right. for years, uh, hospital, there's not really been any good hospital or anything. He came and he developed a clinic that was like maybe three, four floors. You know, so I just realized that these guys are suffering from lack of, they're, they're suffering from lack of vision yeah, of and lack of will, lack of a will yeah. to do these things. Because yeah. if the, the new person now, he has gone and the new person there, and the roads now in Festac are so bad, the new person is not fixing anything. So I don't think much has changed. It's just that the new guy is really not, not interested. He couldn't care less. You, if you check, the guy might not even be living in Festac. The guy might be living in Lekki. Hmm. <laughs> so that's it. It's just, it goes beyond enlightenment. It's just the willingness of yeah. it's the willingness and genuineness of, of our leaders. If every leader comes into the position and says that this is just that one thing I want to do. If the president says if it's if I don't do anything, I want to ensure that railway system works in this country. So if I don't do anything, I want to ensure that even road transport is something that people talk about when I go. So he fixes the road, he buys buses, there's interstate transportation. I'm telling you, Nigeria will be a different place. Well, I agree. And I believe everybody is a product of their mindset. So I totally agree. Mindset and the actions they take. So now, what steps would you advise people to take today? Like people listening, based on what we've discussed. To help Nigeria get better and grow, basically. Okay, um, so basically, the steps that I want people to, the steps that I want people to um, take, you know, John Maxwell. John Maxwell has um, laws of leadership, and there's one very important law that can never be overemphasized. It's called the law of the lead, and it's simple. It says that you cannot give what you do not have. So the first mm. people that are willing to change. So first of all, get knowledge. They should arm themselves and equip themselves with knowledge because you need to know what to do. You need to understand people. You need to understand the system. So you have to have knowledge of the country, knowledge of the history of the country, what has happened in the past. Why did past leaders fail? You know, in, in risk management, the root cause analysis, so why these past leaders fail? What exactly caused their failure? So that you can know what to change, how to approach things differently. So you also need to equip yourself um, in terms of intelligence, because leadership is no, is no, um, it's not an easy task. So basically, I want everyone that has the opportunity to invest in themselves in terms of getting materials, getting to know the history of the country, getting to know what other countries did right. So that when you have the opportunity and you have the chance, you can implement it. You know, we talk about Singapore today. Singapore is a very fantastic country. Um, also, um, Jap- like innovative country. It's it's the, the passport is probably um, a very re- respected passport. Um, Japan is a very res- has a very respected passport. How many of us have read about the history of Singapore? There's a book and it's called From Third World to First and written by Lee Kuan Yew. Lee Kuan Yew is one of been accredited with bringing that change, taking Singapore from, so to say, a user country to the country it is, this developed nation it is today. 
how many people have gone to read to learn what you did? You know, you don't have to necessarily do exactly the same things, but there will definitely be two or three things that you can learn from, from that book. You know, how many people have read about, I've read uh, books that Obasanjo has written or books that the pastors have written to know how they felt, to know what they've even said they should have, they wish they did better while they were in office. You need to prepare yourself. So and is it just the books written by pastors that we can get resources from, like get knowledge from? Is there any site, so to say, that has historical readings on pastors? Well, so you know, you know, you know the most important um um, the most important tool that um, this generation has is um, the internet, this internet age, because yeah. Google is more powerful than any library in the world today, as we speak. Yeah. So once you go on your system and just Google anything, how can I make Nigeria better? How did Japan <laughs> get to where they are today? What makes yeah. Europe so cool? You know, you'll see different articles and things that will excite you and excite your thought process. And basically, that's how to get knowledge. You know, knowledge you don't necessarily have to go and buy a book. It's enough. When you hear something, you go on the internet and check how what was Ronald Reagan known for? Why did the civil war start? What ended the civil war? You know, those things, you know, you're getting knowledge and information, bits and pieces of it, you know, to help um, 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 arm you for when you have opportunity to be in the bigger picture. So one thing that one key thing you've said today is that they have to be inquisitive enough. So it first takes your your personal decision, deciding to say, "Oh, I want to be a solution provider. How do I go about it?" So I hope this has sparked a discussion in your mind, and you know, and in, like also inquisitiveness, basically. And before we end this, I want Agogo to mentioned three things that you would want to see change in Nigeria. More, more like declare it, because I believe in the power of the words, and I don't know how it happens, but once you declare it, and people keep hearing, people will have this mindset and, you know, find a way to make it happen. So declare the three things that you want to, make, to see happen in Nigeria. Okay, so um, the three things that I've had in mind, that I've always had in mind, they are interrelated and interwoven, and, and I think I don't know. I can't say I want to rank them, but okay, I can rank one as most important and the other two will follow. So the first thing I have here is education. Education, education, education. You cannot overemphasize the power of education today because you have to develop the, the most important resource that we have are the human beings. And you have to develop the human beings to be able to think, one, because only think and create solutions to problems. So our education yeah. system has to be improved upon. We have to, we have to, to train uh, our young ones to be able to think outside the box, to be able to think to be solution providers. You know, when they see a problem or a challenge, they need to be able to think about to resolve it because that's the best way to combat crime. Education is the best way to combat crime because an educated person has no limits, so to say. And education here is not just about formal schooling. You know, education is anything that will give kids knowledge. So it could be something, it doesn't have to be going to school, that's part of it, but it could be informal systems too of educating people. Uh, training, training young minds, training people, teaching them emotional things. You know, working on our school curriculum basically to go beyond doing maths, physics, 
you know, want people to, to know about the history of the country, want them to be emotionally intelligent, you know. And if you're going to effectively combat crime, you have to combat the ideology that starts that crime. Because everybody yeah. that is a criminal today is because that person has an ideology. Either the ideology of why would I be suffering and people because they give birth to me in poverty and this one, they give birth to the person in rich. Let me recycle the money. Let me go and steal from the person. Or if it's yeah. terrorists, terrorists right. have an ideology of what they are trying to drive. And the only way you can combat crime effectively is to kill the ideology that created that crime. And the only way you can kill the ideology that created that crime is through education. Then the second one is infrastructure. Obviously, for, even, for you to even have a good um, educational system, you have to have good infrastructure at all. So infrastructure will do go a long way. Good roads, good water supply, things like that will foster business growth, true business growth. Because I always tell people, you know, when the president comes to tell me I'll create 300,000 jobs, 100,000 jobs, yeah, I laugh. Because the real duty of the president is not to create jobs. It's to create an enabling environment where small businesses, it's the small businesses that will create those jobs. Imagine a business that can employ 10 people. Imagine businesses here and there that can employ 10 people. Before you know it, you have started battling uh, unemployment in the country. And for businesses to grow, the cost of doing business needs to go down. For the cost of doing business to go down, you need to have infrastructure that works, good roads, good uh, transportation, People can just put their goods on it on it on a train and someone else in another state would, would receive it. Electricity. One of the, the um, 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 factors that actually ex- um, affects cost of doing business is electricity. Most businesses have to buy diesel. A small supermarket has to always be running on gen because there's no lights. So if that if those if this you get to be seeing a very huge um, transformation. And then the last one I have is that we should learn to um, as a country. You know, we're too focused on, on, on crude oil and it's not so good. We need to diversify our income. We have, to, we have to look at how we can export agricultural produce out of the country. We have to look at India and today. India today is known for health. People travel to India, spend money so that they can go to hospitals. People travel to US to shoot music videos, even in even Nigerians. They go and spend money and pay to shoot. Those are ways of countries are bringing monies into their own economy. If we can diversify our income, work on our health system. Let's see, why can't we have the best health system in Africa? Nothing is stopping us. And then other people, other citizens of other African countries will come into Nigeria to spend their money. We have good tourist locations. At how we can develop this. That's what Dubai did. Dubai exactly. has oil, but they, 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 they pegged their oil and said, I want to diversify our income. Let's work on tourism. And today, Dubai is one of the um, top tourism income that could have gone from school fees that can't take their kids to UK or US, will take their kids to Ghana to school. So those are the things that we need to look at, so how to diversify our income. If we can work on education, great, good thinkers, infrastructure, make cost of doing business better, cost of living. Instead of living is high and the cost of living is low. I'm telling you that uh, we'll see some positive things. So one interesting thing is um, what I once heard that, I don't know whether it was Kenya or Rwanda, I think it's Kenya. 
I when I heard this, I was in shock. So you want to start your business, it may be a limited liability or an enterprise. All you have to do is register that same day you register. You get your company basically accredited by so to say the CAC in their country. And I was like, It's Rwanda. Oh. It's Rwanda. So when I heard this, this was from the the citizen I said when she came to Nigeria to speak at an event. And I was like, what? It took it took me about three months to get my own company registered. I'm like, what? Like, see, that 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 alone already provides pro- provides ease of business, and it shows that they are bus- like they are basically um, small scale business minded. They want the growth of small scale, even large scale companies, because every large scale company starts from small scale first. So they they are basically business minded, and they are um, providing opportunities for their citizens to grow and this is just buttressing the point on what you mentioned about the cost of starting businesses and all that so thank you for joining the podcast uh, i really i'm sure i will listen to this again to learn more so thank you for blessing our years <laughs> and thank you for thanks, you know, thanks, thanks for having me sharing, sharing your knowledge do you want to drop your social media handles when want to follow you uh okay so i'm one of those old school people i'm not really active on twitter so my okay. instagram handle is uh etaki Buebu. that's just my surname that's fine spelling e-t-a-k-i-b-u-e-b-u e-t-a-k-i-b-u-e-b-u and my email is agogo at yahoo.com all right thank you agogo it was awesome having you all right thanks 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 You see, the reason why we're focusing on Nigeria this season is because, I don't know, if you have listened to the last episode in the first season of the Big Jamas podcast, the focus in that episode was Nigeria. I was basically declaring, I was just talking passionately, I was just like, I'm like, okay, it seems like I have a lot to say about this, um, about this topic, about Nigeria itself. And that had maybe like the third largest listens like it had in terms of ranking in terms of people that listen to it it had the third highest rankings or third highest link listens it also shows the interest of people on the topic nigeria and i wouldn't want to talk about nigeria because i because people want to listen to the topic about nigeria but because i want people to be able to think beyond your circumstances dream big because that's the idea of this podcast be a big dreamer i understand we all face different problems different you know whatever it is should not limit you or should make you stronger it is easier said than done i understand but i am also in it i'm also trying my possible best even in the tourism aspect and trust me i have encountered challenges like it's not easy so that's why i would i wouldn't do this alone we need more people on board now i could mention a few things about health so right now people see india as a place to go to for health and guess what that is health tourism you're basically transferring your wealth you're transferring your resources you're giving them currencies and 
really you traveling from one place to another is, is already you going on a journey you traveling basically is already, is already depicting tourism so there's health tourism there's educational tourism there's cultural tourism what we have in nigeria is religious tourism because you see people from all over africa coming to nigeria for redemption camp like that alone pulls crowd and that is what we call religious tourism there are other forms of religious tourism of course um right now what we like everything if I break it down, links back to tourism and growing Nigerian currency and growing the GDP as a whole. So we need to develop most of these things and help our GDP grow and also facilitate um, tourism growth in Nigeria. Now, you also mentioned Dubai. Now, Dubai is a, is a case study I like to use a lot of times, even on my blog, Diffusire.com, if you haven't got um, what I'm listening. What, what, am I, what am I stuttering? <laughs> if you haven't read my blog, you should go read it. I, re- I write a lot about how like, Dubai was nothing. It was just a pure desert and it took minds. Like, I go mention mind. Everything starts with your mindset. You know what? I think we need to do a boot camp or you know, lay emphasis on what we need to take actions on to help Nigeria grow. Right now, we're starting with the mind. We're talking about the problems, the solutions, trying to question our mindsets toward the things that we have known over the years. And I hope this has also, like I said, sparked an interest and inquisitiveness in your heart. If you want to say anything concerning anything that was raised today, you can do that by clicking leave a message on anchor app or just go to instagram we have an instagram page it's called the big Gima with an underscore after the big Gima underscore click the link in the bio there you will see leave a voice message and with that you can click and leave a voice message and let us talk about whatever it is that you want people to know leave your suggestions let's talk about what's on your mind based on what that you've listened today and yes i'm really happy i'm able to give back my knowledge you're also able to invite these people that also impact into everybody's life because we want to grow um, what is constant is change and you cannot grow without changing do you understand so with that said if you haven't subscribed <laughs> please do subscribe to this podcast on spotify apple anchor whatever you're using to listen like it you can also like it or favorite it or give it a five star rating nothing less than a five star job thank you and yeah share with your family and friends those you those who you think will benefit and those who you think have also have also have an impact or passion for nigeria yes i will see you in my next podcast till next time please follow me on Instagram, Twitter, my blog, my YouTube channel, at the Fisayo. Everything is the Fisayo. T-H-E-F-I-S-A-Y-O. Do not forget to stay awesome, stay inspired.